Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Guys Without Helmets. So did anybody watch any football this weekend? Anybody? A little bit. Just a little? Yeah. My goodness, there was a bunch going on. Let's jump right in. Let's talk about those New York football Jets mm. and how the Browns smacked them 37-20. Oh, my gosh. Joe Flacco is back with a vengeance. Trevor Simeon is not. Um, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> no. Joe Flacco, I think he's the first 300-yard passer against this Jets defense in the last few seasons. Gosh. Uh, I mean, that's saying a lot. I think the last one was Pat Mahomes. So Joe Flacco, Pat Mahomes, same guy this year. Apparently. Apparently. Yeah. Yep. On fire. Mm-hmm. 300 I'm- yards, three touchdowns, one interception. If you had David and Joku, he had 75 yards the first he drive. He loves that dude. Yep. Jerome Ford as well. Uh, he had 25 fantasy points this week as well. So... Uh, I think season or career-high game for David Njoku, 134 yards. Yeah, I think Joe Flacco should be the comeback player of the year. <laughs> you think? Um, but I have <laughs> so a feeling. Like trap the season? Yeah, I have a feeling they're going to give it to DeMar Hamlin because he did play a snap from what happened last year. <laughs> yeah. But he, he wasn't a starter. He wasn't no, even like, yeah, but he wasn't relevant. No. I, I think if they want to do something with the award with DeMar Hamlin, that makes sense. But in terms of. They could just call it the DeMar Hamlin Award. Sure. And give it to Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it should very much so go to Joe Flacco because you look at what he's done. He started five games. He has 13 passing touchdowns. He has every single game two or more touchdowns. His touchdown totals are 2-3-2-3-3. Two, three, two, three, three. He's efficient. So, and they're winning. They're winning. We could talk about this off air, but are they good? You think Joe Flacco gets it? Gets what? The comeback player of the year. Uh, let's give it to him. I'd give it to him. Why I'd not? Give, I feel like comeback. Is the, it a, yeah, it's for someone who's hurt, not someone's retired. That's what I was going to say. I think it's it's very loosely a term now. Like, it's yeah. just for someone like. They came co- back? Yeah. He came back. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Browns are rolling. Uh, we'll talk about the playoff hunt in a minute. Let's talk about the most controversial thing that happened all weekend. It's not even a controversy. I know. It, it makes no sense. The Lions <laughs> lose to the Dallas Cowboys 19-10. But alas, many people are saying that the. Referee team, I guess just head referee, uh, Allen, made a mistake on this now famous uh, substitution thing. Uh, Let me just sum all this up for all of our listeners. Uh, Coach Campbell had three players all kind of go to the official and report in. Number 70 came running at the last minute. And then basically if you're watching this game, first of all, Josh, you famously said Coach Campbell should have gone for the – put the points on the board and tied the ball game. They did not. On their first attempt, they went ahead and brought in an extra – Linemen, they declared somebody, and this is the controversy, as eligible. Because if if anyone knows the NFL rules, they're real simple. We'll teach you right here on Guys Without Helmets. The NFL requires seven men to be on the line at all times. No more. Seven men. No less. You have to have seven men on the line. Five of them have to be down linemen. The other two can be anywhere on the line as long as they are on the line outside the tackles, right? So when a player comes into the game and says, hey, I'm eligible, that means they're a person wearing a 50 through 70 number, a down lineman, and they would not ordinarily be eligible. Now, that's the first thing you have to do. You have to come in. You have to declare eligible. Referee has to hear it. The referee will always report to the defense, and with this case, Allen did, hey, number 70 is now eligible. If you watch the Cowboys, they were all kind of standing on the line waiting. He ran up as soon as he said whatever he said, which was likely Hey, number seven, he's reporting eligible. Well, this is the second attempt because McCarthy called a timeout in the first right. attempt. So they knew something was up with right. the eligibility. Once he said, once he went up to the line and said, hey, Cowboys, defense, number 70 is eligible. They all backed up and got in position. Now, if you watch the play, 70 lined up as the left tackle. Okay, so there's your first problem. If a player who is eligible lines up inside or on the line, one of the five, he is now ineligible. 
It's also a legal procedure because he just declared himself to be an eligible receiver, and a receiver cannot line up as a tackle. So that's your first problem. Second problem, if you watch the play, 68 was not even thought about. He, he was outside the tackle. He claims he was eligible, and he ran a route. They threw the ball. Boom, they, they were going to win the game. But wait, the one of the female, I don't know if she was a line judge, side judge. I don't know her position. She came running up. She threw the flag. She was discussing with Allen, the head official, that – 68 can't be the first person to catch the football. That's the second foul on the play. If you're not reported eligible, you cannot be the person to touch the ball. That'd be like throwing the ball to a tackle guard or center. Can't do it. Now, Dan Campbell and the Lions claim, well, we talked about this all week. We put 70 in tons as a kind of a decoy. We wanted to be confusing. You can want to make it as confusing as you want to make it. Bottom line is this. You confuse the refs. You confuse the refs <laughs> when you had three guys run up to them and 70 reported in a handful of times. You made yourself... I, I listen. Here's the bottom line. I listened very intently to what the official Allen said, the head official. He said 70 reported. I reported to the defense. End of story. So I don't think officials are that stupid that they're going to miss it. I do think with Sewell and 68 and 70 and all these guys running over to him, Dan Campbell said they were trying to make it complicated. How hard can it be? The defense has to hear the official or they'll ask the official, you know? Um, I don't know. I understand how that's confusing. I love the Lions. Let me. See. We all do. We've all been rooting for this team since Dan Campbell got there. We love Dan Campbell. This show loves the crap out of some Lions and Dan Campbell. But, Josh, you said it best. Put the points on the board. Yeah, the problem is you saw McCarthy saw something was up called timeout. So Campbell has time to think about it right. and do it. They execute it. Yep. Flag down. They try it th- again. Then Micah Parsons offsides free play. Yeah. They don't get it. And that was an interception, too. I think. Yeah, it was an interception. Yeah. So then they get a third try. So the fourth time running the play, but a third try because they called timeout. Well, right. time. Not to add, they're going for a two-point conversion. And they, what, they just seven went yards down out? the field 70-plus right. yards. Right. First down, spike, first down, right. spike, first down, spike. If they went to overtime, the Lions would have won. Yeah. The, listen, here's the thing, guys. The rules are the rules. And listen, you're saying, oh, well, you, you guys are Cowboys fans. Yeah, two of us are Cowboys fans. But if you've listened to this show, any of the 99 episodes, you know we are fair. And we want we want the rules to be understood, and we want the game to be played at its best. Listen, no referees ever sided with the Cowboys. We get the crappiest calls ever, so don't give me that. We're one of the most penalized the teams. Shot yeah, tripping call in that yeah, game. Yeah, there's that too. Where, where Hutchinson tripped him, and yeah. he got the call. The I, way. I'm not one to usually <laughs> complain about the <laughs> officials, but I don't see a professional official blowing this and not hearing 68 and suddenly making up 70. That's crap, y'all. I'm sorry. It was just a simple case of Dan Campbell trying to be too cute. Maybe he confused the official, but make no mistake, if the defensive line in that stadium heard number 70 is eligible, then all of the Lions probably did too, and they could have gone and disputed it, and I didn't see that happen. And I understand why the Lions would be mad. Obviously, their intention was for Decker to be the wide receiver. If you you knew the context of the play and you looked at how they were lined up before the play, it would be like, yes, Decker is a receiver, Skipper is not. And obviously, Decker being the refs got that wrong. Yes, yeah. Decker being the one that caught the two-point conversion right. originally. Yeah. Listen, here's the bottom line. Campbell went a little crazy trying to be trying to shake it up and confuse. He said he tried yeah. to confuse Cowboys. You got big ones to go out there and try to, to win the game, and it matters. This game matters uh, more for Dallas than it did, I guess, for the Lions. But yeah, the Lions were up one game. Now they're tied with the Cowboys, technically. Yeah. So, bottom line, guys, let's not get mad at the officials. Let's 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 yeah. let's calm down. Let's just calm down. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, for a future reference and teams trying to fake out on offensive linemen receiving touchdowns or right. two point conversions, ultimately sending three linemen to confuse the other team is going to confuse the refs equally yeah. as much. So, I mean, it's 
they only have 10 seconds to get the call, report it <laughs> into the opposing team, right, and then get set on the play. Yeah. And obviously, you know, we saw him talking to Decker, but then Skipper came in, he pointed at him, looked at him, and then immediately went to go talk to the Cowboys. Yeah. And I mean, I, I understand being upset if you're the Lions, but in terms of everybody else, the Cowboys didn't cover Decker because no. he was not eligible. There was no reason to do so. It was very much so a free two-point conversion. If they were covering him and Decker beat the defender on the route or just manned over him and caught it, then I would understand being upset. But I understand why the Lions are upset, but in terms of how it played out, I don't think you really can be that upset. Obviously, the Lions, a lot of emotion, a lot of heart trying to force in sure. the two-point conversion Absolutely. to win the game. They could have very easily tied the game. You're never going to hear us uh, complain about the Lions playing good football. It's been too long coming. Hey, let's talk about some things that matter. Dak Prescott continues to go off 26-38, to 38, 345 yards, two touchdowns a pick. Jared Goff a little more pedestrian. Most of his yards, as Caleb said, coming on that final drive. He was 19-34, of 34, 271, a touchdown, two picks. Both running backs kind of pedestrian. Pollard disappointing, especially if you're a fantasy owner. But more importantly, C.D. Lamb. Absolute career game. 13 receptions, 227 yards, one touchdown. The guy went nuts. Now, most of that, well, let's say most of it, 92 yards of it came yeah. on another controversial call where fans are saying, oh, why didn't 55 tackle Dak? I don't know why he didn't tackle Dak for the safety. Yeah, uh, He didn't hit him. I don't get it. He halfway hit him. Uh, he honestly, it looked like his knee buckled a little bit, and he kind yeah. of didn't put as much into it as he wanted to. Yeah. But, I mean, of course. And even None of us he, have played at this level. If your knees no. buckle, you're probably going to stop running. Right. Because this is your career. You're terrified to hit a quarterback in these type of days. Cause, but anyway, Lamb got 92 of his 227 on one play from Dak Prescott. Yeah. Either way you look at it, these are two playoff teams playing good football. Both defenses were, were causing some problems except for a couple broken plays, a couple big plays. And no one had an answer for C.D. Lamb. And to be fair... No one had an answer for St. Brown. Six receptions, 90 yards, and a touchdown as well. Yeah. I think Amonra, he's the only guy in fantasy through fantasy playoffs to have 20-plus points every single game Insane. not be a quarterback. So he's obviously been great for playoffs if you've got there with him. But C.D. Lamb, um, I think the top three yards leaders for a season were Michael Irvin across the board, all three of them. Mm-hmm. But C.D. Lamb immediately in his season jumps immediately to the top. He now has the most yards in a season for a Cowboy he has the most in a game as well with 227. So 92 yards helps that, but obviously yeah. a great game beyond that as well. All right, so both are live. We're going to talk about playoffs in a minute. Let's keep rolling down the scoreboard. Sunday games rolled out. The Falcons go to the Bears, lose 17-37. Uh, to 37. Bears start to roll. Yeah, I just want to say I picked the Falcons, and they absolutely got <laughs> clobbered, so that's good. Uh, the Raiders visit the Colts, and the Colts win 23-20. to 20. Uh, here's one, Caleb. You predicted that the Eagles will famously lose five games. You've got four right because the Eagles beat, or I'm sorry, the Cardinals beat the Eagles 35-31 at home. I said six. They have five losses. Oh, I thought you said they'd have you, five. You said four. I said five. He said six. So I'm batting a 1,000 right now if they win next week. Well, they have five losses. Yeah, I said coming up he on it, you, you said they'd win, they'd lose their next five games or something like that. They said six losses total, yeah. Yeah, and they lost four of their five. So they lose this week. You're Nostradamus. You got it right. Yeah. Uh, guys, I don't know what's going on with Philly. Again. They look terrible. I, Still. I, you know, I get messages because I'm a Cowboys fan. If I say anything un, you know, unkind, I don't know what's up with the Cardinals. They're just killers. If you're crappy in our division, you destroy They've beaten everyone in our division, I'm pretty I, sure. I understand that the Cardinals aren't the team that they were a few years ago when they won <clears throat> several game stretch. They were like 8-0 and to start the year. They made the playoffs, obviously. But they still have a quarterback that can play up to the level of any top quarterback when he wants to. I know it's not as consistent. They still run the football. Apparently. But when, when Kyler Murray's throwing 25 of 31, scoring three touchdowns through the air and then one on the ground, 
Like you're it's hard to beat. Yeah, it's hard to beat that. Is Jalen Hurts Caleb in his speech a couple weeks ago after their loss about this team doesn't want it? They could see it in their eyes. Has that affected this team negatively? Has it impacted them? Um, yeah, I think that they're. I don't want to say frauds, but I think it's it's mostly coaching. <coughs> I haven't really heard a peep out of Sirianni as far yeah, as motivating. Yeah. Like Dan Campbell loses a close game, he's his voice is gone. Like you could hear it, and yeah. like he's he's <laughs> he's not happy. He's man. coaching. Yeah. Um, I've never been really a fan of Sirianni. I've always thought that Sykin has really helped that offense, especially last year with Jalen Hurts being the the leap he had, MVP sure. candidate. Um, Jalen Hurts is being Jalen Hurts. He's been the same guy. I think obviously it's the play calling, it's the system. It's all on Sirianni, in my opinion. Now you're out, Devonte Smith. I think he broke his ankle or has a high ankle sprain. Yeah. Something serious. He's in a walking boot. So he might be out for the playoffs. We don't know how serious that is, but the Eagles, you could see it really around week eight, week they ten. Come they, yeah, they came unraveled, and there's really no, I don't know if they can fix it for the playoffs. Has Jalen Hurts, uh, Josh, in your opinion, has Jalen Hurts dropped off, or is his team dropping off around him? I think you're expecting Jalen Hurts to play good quarterback, and obviously, in this game, they had 20 minutes on offense mm-hmm. versus 40 from the. Cardinals. Wow. <laughs> You're expecting Jalen Hurts to go out there and play outstanding quarterback and he threw 165 yards. 167 yeah. yards. Yeah. So when you're not running the football like the Cardinals were doing, uh, James Conner had 26 carries, 130 yards, and they didn't have breakaway runs. The longest run in this game was 22 yards. Uh, Michael Carter filled in and had 60 rushing yards. Kyler Murray obviously running well. So they were able to keep the ball in their hands. When Jalen Hurts has to throw and has to play quarterback, he's not the best. And I would say in this matchup, Kyler Murray would be the best quarterback in terms of passing ability, and he obviously showed that when they had the ball for double the amount of time as Jalen Hurts. Sure. Yeah, and um, it's not helpful when your number one receiver, A.J. Brown, I don't know if it's – I'm not going to judge character, but he always yeah. he kind of disappears in some games. Yeah, he does. And he, you never see him. He's not rallying around, making people hype, trying to get people to play up. For me, Caleb, the worst part is like whenever I had problems with a quarterback, you know, playing on offense in a skill position, I, you know, you get spirited when you're talking to, you know, like maybe you're excited or you're frustrated, but you're not like mad at your teammate, right? You know, like I've never been like so mad at a teammate on the sideline that you could see, you can always tell. I don't get the body language. Hertz sits on the bench and stares at nothing unless he's spoken to by a staff member. Uh, and Brown's very uh, unhappy on the sideline. Uh, typically all the time. So, I don't know. Again, I don't want to talk about character. I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. I just think something is up. Yeah, and we talked about it with Jalen Hurts. I mean, his, his the best thing for him is scoring on the one-yard line this year, and that's not to discredit him, but the running game hasn't been efficient because of that. Like, no no one else on the team scoring rushing touchdowns other than him, and obviously he's getting credited for that. But they, they he didn't even get sacked in this game, and he threw for 165 yards, the offensive line's holding up. Like I don't understand what the issue is for them. I mean, let's speculate. Okay, do, let's do it. the Eagles? Like, what do they do? Do they move on from Jalen Hurts if he says he wants to leave? Uh, does he? Has he said that? And I uh, think he can get to that point. They're gonna go to the playoffs. He's gonna at this if they're playing like this, they're gonna lose. And yeah. Jalen Hurts is gonna be upset again. The, the the problem, Caleb, and then Josh, I know you want to chime in. The problem is, I see the Eagles. Any given Sunday could bounce back to the Eagles of old. Uh, I haven't felt that way all year. Well, no, but I mean they're a good football team and they can play. I have, I have more faith in Seattle this well, year. I don't know. I think they've moved on from too many quarterbacks. Your thoughts, Josh? Yeah, and with that, you know, going back to the standard of the Eagles, let's not forget this is a 
This is a one-year standard, right? Yeah, yeah. They've only been this team for the past two years. Yeah. With this quarterback, with A.J. Brown, with everyone playing together, with this regime. And so I I think we're maybe holding them to too high of a standard, although they can play that high of a level. We can't expect it to be every single week like it was right. last year when they I mean, were 13-3. and three. You're losing Jason Kelsey, supposedly, this He's year. He's retired. Yes. Yep, that's the rumor. Lane Johnson, is it a contract year for him? He's going to be there. He's yeah. going to be there. The challenge but is they have a lot of defensive free agents they have to They have no up. secondary. Right. They have no center after this year. A very unhappy wide receiver. Yeah, and wide, receiver wide receiver. Yep. It, it, uh, there's I, a lot I mean, to get fixed this offseason. Agreed. I mean, I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts. I've been a fan of this team. You know, I, I, I told you I don't like the coach because I just don't like his attitude. But uh, I'm not – listen, this team should be doing better. I don't know what's broken. Just like last year, I don't know how to evaluate this team. I mean, and if you look at the Cardinals now, it seems like <clears throat> their coach was part of the reason that the Eagles were playing up last year too. Yeah. I don't, yeah I don't defensively, know. their DBs were playing much better. So, Gannon, Steichen, leaving, that's uh, – I think that's the problem here, the Eagles yeah, coaching. With, with what you said with Lane Johnson, he's still there till 2026. Okay. All right, a couple more scores to report. Uh, the 49ers go to Washington. Absolutely no surprise. It should have been a bigger massacre, 27-10. to 10. Commanders lose. Looks like the rookie quarterback in Washington is finally starting to come unravel just a little bit. Uh, surprise, surprise. Pittsburgh Steelers have put up 30 points in, in the last two games or more. They beat the Seahawks, a, a playoff team, mind you. They're both playoff teams, 30-23. to 23. <laughs> Pittsburgh's offense under Mason Rudolph starting to roll. I, Go ahead. Uh, as I say, if I'm the Steelers, I'm starting Mason until, until there's a reason not to, even next year. I think that George Pickens, obviously, I like how Mason plays. Mm-hmm. He's the screw it, George down there somewhere, just throwing it up. <laughs> that, I love that type of play, especially yeah. for the Steelers. I feel like that's what Big Ben was, just throw sure. 50-50 balls majority of the time. And you have a defense that's going to cover for you if you throw a pick. So I think that's what y'all need to do. You have the team to be aggressive. George Pickens, as he says, is always open no matter what. And you've seen the catches <laughs> he, he makes. He, he you claims. have a run game, a two-headed monster yeah. a run game, by the way. And Najee Harris, in this system that's not dink and dunk 1940s offense, That's right. They're, everyone's productive. Yeah. yeah, and I think there's no argument as to why Mason Rudolph should continue to be the starter for this team right now. They have a spark they haven't had. Since at least Big Ben, sure before um, Matt Canada, his final year. Um, but yeah, Mason Rudolph being efficient, taking shots. You have the best two games of George Pickens' life back to back. You have four rushing touchdowns the past two games. Like, there's no reason for him to get benched. And they said Kenny Pickett is going to be the number two, so he's healthy to play in this game. But obviously, you hand it to Mason because they haven't been able to score 30 points with Kenny Pickett. He hasn't thrown more than two touchdowns in a game once. So. Why not stick with Mason Rudolph yeah. with how they're playing right now? I think it's an upgrade. Okay, let's talk about a couple more before we land on a big a big loss for the Dolphins. The Bengals go to the Chiefs. They lose 17-25. Uh, running game starts to work a little for Kansas City as they roll with another win. Uh, the Bills and Patriots locked horns. Uh, Patriots, I feel like, gave this game away. Bailey's happy not playing his best. Turnovers is really the case, but well, the Bills were able to pull the win. I was say, I don't, I don't think either one of these teams wanted to win. I mean, you had a 90-some-yard return from Jalen Rager for the right. Patriots uh, for first play, I believe. Uh, but, I mean, you look at Josh Allen. Was he their leading rusher this game? No. No. He, had sorry, he had four less yards than James Cook on the ground. But through the air, he was equally as impressive. 169 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. They did nothing. And Kid. half of those yards were Dalton Kincaid. You talk about receivers being upset in an offense. Stephon Diggs had 26 yards. Gabe Davis the last few weeks has had several games with no yards outside of that one big game. Like, wh- at what point is this Bills offense? I know they got hot recently, 
but you, you can't have <laughs> right. games that are just nothing on offense like this. Well, Caleb, that leads me to the next question. Uh, Allen, their quarterback, put up 97 yards roughly against the Cowboys, 169 yards here, both wins. Should we be worried about Josh Allen's play? I'd be 100% worried. The Patriots gave the game away because they kind of don't want to win. Yeah. Um, I think they easily could have won this game. It's a one-possession game with five turnovers. Just think about it. Yeah, three interceptions yeah. from Zappi. How's it a one-possession game with five turnovers? Yeah. And it's worth It doesn't make any sense. Josh Allen, I know Joe Brady came to town, took over as the OC when they got rid of Ken Dorsey during right. the year. But Josh Allen is a passer. I know they've gotten better in the run game, but Josh Mallon with Joe Brady has one passing touchdown or zero passing touchdowns in these games with Joe Brady. See, that's why I did the fart sound. I think Ken Dorsey shouldn't have been fired. I really don't think that. Really? He, he was a scapegoat. See, the funny thing is the media and everyone is embracing that they're better without him. How? One passing touchdown? Since? It's not, his passing it's clearly not One touchdown, true. one touchdown, one touchdown, zero this week. It's yeah. cool that they're winning, but... And wins are what matters. Yeah, but of course. <laughs> but I mean, that's look at Kenny Pickett. Good luck in the playoffs if you're scoring one passing touchdown. Let's talk about the Dolphins and Ravens. I don't want to rant on the Bills. There, the, well, I will say this: Dolphins lose nineteen to fifty six to the Ravens, who are absolutely red hot. Yes. Oh, the tables yep. table turn. Now, tables. let me say yeah. this: this week we're going to talk about a matchup where the Bills and Dolphins will decide who wins that division. Because with the loss now, the Dolphins have to win to win the division. There is a scenario with which the Bills could be out if they lose, but more yeah. likely not. And the Ravens have since that clinched that number one spot. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning for the Dolphins, you have <coughs> Tua, obviously, but you also have going into the game, no Raheem Mostert. Right. Devon A-Chain, he's been dealing with a knee injury. He also has another injury now as well. There's a chance he doesn't play in this next game. Tyreek Hill re-injured his ankle. Jalen Waddell was not playing in this game. Jalen Phillips, a few weeks ago, tore his Achilles, not right. starting as an edge rusher. They're going to have to bring up JPP and Melvin Ingram, guys that were formerly retired. But then with that, you have Bradley Chubb, who left this game with the torn ACL as well. So there's problems not across the, the board for them. So yeah. not, not ideal going into the game, not ideal leaving the game for them either. And the, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the <laughs> Dolphins, they are limping to the finish line. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens on fire, Justice Hill out of nowhere. I think he had 200 scrimmage yards, counting return yards in that. Um, he's really won them the game early on. Um, their defense is playing out of their mind. Lamar Jackson, five touchdowns, which is a great way to lose your championship in fantasy. It was against Lamar yeah. Jackson and A-Chain. But 56 points against arguably a top offense in the league. I mean, they shut him down at 19 points. Yeah. They played. The Ravens are scary. The Ravens and I still have them as one of my Super Bowl teams, obviously. But. Yeah, we should be very afraid. And the problem, I think, I mean, the Dolphins are really just hold, trying to hold on to this game. It obviously got out of hand. You had a massive touchdown from Zay Flowers in this game, which was, I want to say, 75 yards. Um, and then you had just consistent play from the running game. Gus Edwards, you had both tight ends score touchdowns in this game. Kohler and likely they had three touchdowns. It was just... It was just bad because the Dolphins were really trying to hold on. There was only there was less than one minute difference on offense in this game, and clearly, doubling more than doubling the score like sure. that's absurd. How efficient the Ravens were versus this this injured team. Yeah, it's tough to win football games when you don't have your twenty two men out there that you planned on. So, all right, let's let's move on. The Panthers, no surprise, goose egg against Jacksonville, twenty six nothing on the loss. The Texans, go ahead. You were gonna. I, I, had, I had one weird thing that I saw. Yeah. The Panthers, I don't think they've ever scored zero in a game 
So that I mean, you look at what David Tepper and his reaction to this. He got fined three hundred grand for it, but pouring a drink on a Jaguars fan. But they've never had yeah. a loss like this for an owner to do that in the history of their team. Yeah, and He's it, a fan. It's, it's the two teams that came in together, the two expansion teams. So that's probably a little, yeah. you know, yeah. No, I get it. Uh, let's talk about the Texans. Twenty-six-three over the Titans. No surprise again. A healthy C.J. Stroud equals much success for the Texans. Uh, the Rams get a much-needed win to stay alive in the playoff hunt. Twenty-six twenty-five over the Giants. Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. He's running like a crazy it's, person. The Giants. I know they're a bad team, right? And they have backup <laughs> quarterbacks. Right. For the most most part of the year, Daniel Jones, even when he played, wasn't playing Who was well. Who's the starter in this game? Uh, Tyron Taylor. He had three hundred twenty yards through the air. He actually he, had, he matched Matthew Stafford this game whiffed across the board. The two point conversion. Yes. Yeah. But it's a whiff. They've, they've been, the teams they've played, the other teams have just been very uncomfortable. It's been way too close for every matchup they've had. They kept it within one one pass against the Eagles and then missing the extra point for against the Rams. Like this, this They should have been very much so right there for two wins the past two weeks, but it's just because of their situation. Yeah, I mean, and do the Giants really want to win? I'm still convinced Dayball wants out of there, but what do I know? Um, the Saints and Buccaneers, this was a game where the Buccaneers could cinch up the NFC South. They lose 13-23. The Saints are very happy. But Buccaneer fans, don't worry. All you got to do is win next week, and you get the lowly, lowly middle of the or pack. Or the Saints lose. Yeah. Yeah. Two, and two uh, the Saints the Saints have had fairly easy matchups, I would say, the last yeah. the past month or so. They played the Panthers, the Giants, the Rams, and the Bucks. The Bucks obviously being more difficult, but they're missing some inside linebackers. But, I mean, everyone wanted to criticize Derek Carr when he was playing bad, but he hasn't really played bad this past few months. Like I said, easier matchups, but two touchdowns, three touchdowns, three touchdowns, two touchdowns. He's just coasted through these wins, and they've kind of coasted through this last month. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. And the the truth is there was a uh, fumble, a big play reception turned fumble where the ground caused a fumble. Otherwise, the Bucks are right back in this well, game. The Trey, Trey Palmer deep yeah. touchdown? Yeah. Otherwise, the Bucks truly are going down to with a go-ahead tie right after yeah. that. And, again, just some bad, unfortunate luck. Hey, this is game uh, one of two where our boy uh, Big Russ is not going to be playing for the Denver Broncos. They get the win over the Chargers. Backup on backup action here. 16-9. to Old Easton Stick just ain't getting it done as a backup, is he? Uh, the Broncos roll 16-9 at home. And then finally, uh, the last game, the uh, Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love is definitely finding a groove with this young football team, making some stars out of some guys. 33-10. Minnesota really didn't have a chance the entire game, Caleb. Yeah, it's good to see if you're a Packers fan or if you just love good football. The NFC North, the Packers, well, just the Packers in general, have always had a quarterback. Yep. Seamless transition from Favre to Rodgers and now apparently to Love. What's so, what's selling me now on Love is he's doing this with rookies. First mm-hmm. and second year only. Practice yeah. squad players. Bo Melton was elevated two weeks ago, and he's playing out of his mind. He had 100 yards and a touchdown in this game. Not on accident. I don't think Jordan Love is solid quarterback. Like Tim said last week, he needs to be more consistent. He has been the past few weeks. He's been very good. He's one of the top fantasy quarterbacks this year he's been very good for that so i'm i'm starting to buy in I'm not 100 percent with tim but obviously he's their franchise quarterback for a few years now yeah it's, it's kind of something we laughed about talking with him is jordan love in this season alone very comparable to aaron Rodgers in his first season with the packers obviously aaron Rodgers sat a little bit jordan love sat a little bit neither were rookies um, and both would be best among the best rookie seasons of all time with the stats that they have but Jordan Love's season in total is greater than any Bears quarterback ever. Statistically, yards, touchdowns. I know 
people weren't throwing this many yards 100 years ago when their team was founded, but it's just sad that a team with a 100-year history isn't even close to this guy's <laughs> first season within that division. Yeah. It's just it's just sad. But as Caleb said, he's playing with a lot of young players. Bo Melton, he's a second-year guy. He got picked up from the Seahawks. Jaden Reed, rookie. Tucker Craft, rookie as well. Romeo Dubs, second-year. Heath, he's one of the veterans. But Aaron Jones, one of the veterans. I'm just going down the receiving list from this game. Sims, a rookie. Torre, second-year player. I know we've said it a lot, but he's a guy putting up numbers like this with guys that don't have experience as well. So what is his future going to look like? It should look presumably better, you would think. Yeah. So if you guys don't know, Week 18 has now become the week with all of the divisions playing their the teams within themselves, i.e., the Buccaneer fans, as I mentioned, don't be alarmed because all you have to do at 8-8 eight and eight, with the Saints being 8-8 eight eight, is beat Carolina. Easy peasy. Uh, if you do, you win your division. <laughs> if you lose, then the Saints, you guessed it, are playing the Atlanta Falcons. Again, all divisional matchups this week. Uh, and the Saints, if they get the win, they need the Bucks to lose to make it. So... Rather than getting convoluted and talking about what it could have should have, let's go down the list. Your Ravens are your top seed. Now, this could come to play to the Steelers' advantage, Josh, because they are 9-7, and seven, one game ahead of the Bengals. If the Ravens, who have no reason to play their starters, should bench their starters, Pittsburgh gets the easy playoff bid because it's a divisional round, as I said, it's, even though it's the last round uh, or the last week of the season. Yeah, and there, no one can touch the Ravens either. No, so they have no need to start. Uh, at all so the Ravens could potentially sit but they're 13 and 3 they're our number one seed currently the Miami Dolphins are the number two seed but again they're playing the Buffalo Bills this week and if the Bills should win Josh does that doesn't eliminate it, the, the Miami Dolphins no it does not eliminate the the Dolphins would be a wild card for sure they'd be the number six seed. um the problem is if the Bills lost they'd be more in contention because the Colts are one game below if they win or the Texans win it could be a problem I didn't look into that but certainly if the Bills win, they do win the division because they won the former matchup against the Dolphins. Yeah, the so, problem is if the Dolphins lose to the Bills, mm-hmm. Bills win their division, that kicks the Texans or Steelers out if the Colts win. Yes. Well, I, th- the Steelers scenario, they can get in even if they lose, mm-hmm. theoretically. If they lose to the Ravens, who are more than likely all backups, um, if the Jaguars lose, the Broncos win, then that, the Steelers can get in without <coughs> winning. But obviously... Th- the Steelers are one of the favorites for the wild card. The Colts just need to win to get in, I believe. Being that it's inter, you know, divisional game, so to speak, the Texans and Colts play each other. So yeah. one of those teams will eliminate one of those the will other more team. than likely get in. Should the Bills win, then all that does is give them the division and push the Dolphins to the number six seed, which means then the final spot will come down to either the winner of Texans Colts or Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah. The the real kicker for the wild card is the AFC South. Mm-hmm. The Jags, the Colts, and the Texans all have nine wins and seven losses. And there's a divisional game this week against the Jaguars and obviously the Colts and the Texans play each other. If the Jaguars lose, that would completely change the wild card. But the Jags are playing the Texans with the more than likely Ryan Tannehill than Will Levis. They, they should be the ones to get the division, but obviously if they lose, that would completely change the wild card scenario. Yeah, Indianapolis is playing Houston. Yes. And then Jacksonville, Jaguars. They, they have no control over are playing what Tennessee. happens. Well, we're assuming Jacksonville is going to beat Tennessee and, and go to 10-7 and seven and win their division. The only way the Colts or the Texans would not be able to get in, I think, are if they tie. Gotcha. Pretty much what, what we're thinking is going to happen uh, Dolphins and Bills is a huge wild card. Dolphins are hurt, should not beat the Bills. Yeah. So in my opinion, the Bills get to squeak out the win because they're healthier. Push the Dolphins to the sixth seed. 
then the Texans will will cinch up with their win over the Colts. We're being Nostradamus. Uh, they should cinch up that spot or the Steelers, one of the two of yeah. those teams. Ultimately, it comes up to what the Dolphins' Bills do because I don't know the scenario for the Bills to be out. But obviously, if there's there's three teams that can tie them, and the Jags have to win to not make it weird. So the scenario for the Bills to be out, I do know this: the Dolphins win, uh, the Bills lose, and yes. then Pittsburgh or tennis or the Texans can bump them out. So, okay, so they they it's pretty easy for them not to make it then. Yeah, if assuming that Pittsburgh now, if the Colts should win, they stay in. Texans are out, but if Pittsburgh wins, they trump everybody. I think because of their record with within their conference. Let's talk about the NFC a little easier. 49ers racked it up at twelve and four. Uh, of course, they could lose, and, and Dallas would would tie them, but still not get the number one seed. Yep, Niners locked it just like the Ravens, but yep. they can be tied record wise. So as of current, if the Dallas Cowboys win, the Eagles win. The Cowboys keep the number two seed. Uh, and then the Lions are number three. Buccaneers currently hold the eight. Again, I'm sorry, the fourth seed at eight and eight. If the Buccaneers should lose and the Saints win, they win the division. Buccaneers are likely out. Here's why we say that. The Rams are nine and seven. Packers are eight and eight. But you have the Seahawks looming. So the Seahawks and the Rams need wins to stay alive. And that should cinch up your NFC. Yeah, we'll say I understand if you win a division, you have home field advantage unless you play against a team with a better record than you. Right. The Cowboys winning the division is great for home field advantage. They haven't lost right. at home yet this year. But if the Eagles remain in the wild card spot, I think they get a week one matchup against the Bucks. Cowboys would get something like the Rams right now, as it looks. But it could be an easier matchup for the wild card Eagles in their round one than for the division. Okay, if it ended Cowboys. today the way it is, with the seed currently, as we said, one through seven, 49ers get the week off, Cowboys get the Packers, Okay. Lions get the Rams. Bucks get the Eagles. Yes, but the the point is, is the NFC South is so bad that it's it's not a real advantage for them outside of being yeah. at home. The nice thing is Dallas gets their first playoff game at home. Let's say they beat the Packers and there's a lower seed, they'll likely get the next round at home. Meaning they'll likely get the winner of uh, the second best team because the crappiest team, the 49ers, yeah. will get a taste of. I kind of want to see Packers Cowboys again. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of Packers-Cowboys. No, no Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> we have not had the best of luck with old Packers-Cowboys. And you're going to so. get Tucker Craft on the sideline, falling over, remake the, the Cook days. I'm a little terrified of that. So, Hey, let's move on and talk about top performers. Your fantasy season might be over. Of course, at this time, everybody's fantasy season is over. Josh, congratulations on a great season. You were a runner-up in our money league. You did a great job. Um, and who won? Who did win that league? You guys make me you sound vain when I say I won the no, money. No. <laughs> Gosh, no. make me say that. No. Um, it was good. I won the money league yeah. and our church league. So mm-hmm. how's that for a controversy? The money and the church league. Get the same team. It sounds like a rigged game, commissioner. Well, wouldn't you think it's pretty smart of me to, <laughs> to get similar teams in two divisions? Because they were winning. I mean, uh, when they lose, they lose. And then I would have lost. And then you'd say <laughs> you lost because you had the same team. But yeah. I didn't. Uh, no, it was a fun season. So, But at least you didn't beat me with this guy. Uh, Top quarterback. I had no, to him. no, it's it's been an up roller coaster winning this thing. But uh, Caleb, let's talk about our top quarterbacks in fantasy from week seventeen. Yeah, number one makes me sick. Lamar Jackson, <laughs> three hundred yards, five touchdowns, thirty six points. I'm still not over it. Next, Jordan Love, two hundred fifty six yards, three touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown, twenty eight points. And the next, Justin Fields, two sixty eight and a touchdown, forty five rushing yards and a touchdown. Where Bears fans were. Loudly chanting that they want Justin Fields to stay. They should keep him. Yeah, they should. 
I don't understand why Here, they wouldn't. I have, I have one note on that. Yeah. He was the Ohio State quarterback. Mm-hmm. They're obviously, the number one pick would be Kalen Williams. If they don't do that, it would be Marvin Harrison, mm-hmm. his teammate in college. DJ Moore grew up with Marvin Harrison. They know each other. They all know each other. Makes a lot of sense for them to meet up once so again. So keep Fields, trades the pick to the Redskins, let them get the top quarterback. Yes. You slide back, get something from the Skins. I'm yes. sorry, the Commanders. They're, they're trading the you pick. You draft Marvin Harrison. They're, the Broncos are trading for the pick. Sorry, I didn't mean to stop the, the, the list here. But Keep going. Number Sean three, Payton. Justin Fields. Number four? Kyler Murray. <laughs> 232 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns, 24 rushing yards. Then lastly is the comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco. <laughs> 300. Is that 89 or 309? 309. 309. 309. Three touchdowns and interception that didn't matter in this game. So an interception. There's your five quarterbacks. Top fantasy running backs. Now here is a guy that beat me. It was Kyron Williams. <laughs> Thirty fantasy points. He had eighty seven rushing yards. Three rushing touchdowns. That's mm. always fun to play against. Isaiah Pacheco, number two, twenty nine and a half Hold fantasy up. points. Can we stop right there? Yes. I've seen eight thousand memes of how this guy runs. Pacheco? Pacheco? My dude just runs hard. He's a truck. I mean, he's just getting it, bro. I mean, he's the epitome of running like a chicken with his head cut off. Oh, my gosh, bro. He is. I love him. He is that. But okay. 130 rushing yards coming back off of the bench. I don't What was his injury specifically? Uh, he's been dealing with multiple injuries. He has, a, I think, an ankle and a hip. I uh, think yeah. he was butthurt from all the memes. Hip pointer? Maybe. But they, okay. they sat Clyde right down when he came back. Oh, he got 100, 130 rushing yards, 35 through the air, one touchdown. Like I said, 29 and a half fantasy points. Brees Hall. 84 rushing yards, 9 catches, 42 through the air, 1 touchdown, 27.6 fantasy points. James Conner, 26 carries, 128 rushing yards, 1 rushing touchdown, 1 through the air as well, 26.5 fantasy ice points. The game. Jerome Ford, 64 on Ooh. the ground, 57 through the air, 2 touchdowns, 26 points. I'm very proud to say Kyron Williams has been my guy. Along with this guy, C.D. Lamb, (laughs) (laughs) who had a monumental five rushing yards, a monumental 13 receptions, 227 yards, one touchdown. He did have a fumble. That's 40 fantasy points, y'all. Devontae Adams, 13 receptions, 126 yards, two touchdowns. That's 37 fantasy points. Vintage game. DJ Moore just had a great game, racking up 30, almost 31 fantasy points. If you haven't uh, locked on to this kid, Jaden Reed, he's starting to come alive, 26.9 points. No surprise, Brandon Ayuk uh, had 24 fantasy points for this week. Yeah. You can finish the line. Oh, that's it. 24 fantasy points, Brandon Ayuk, seven receptions, 114 yards, and touchdowns. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he, has, he has 1,300 yards right now on 70 catches. George Kittle's leading the league in t- tight end receiving yards. Mm-hmm. Less catches than everyone under him. It's just ridiculous. Okay, let's wrap up our week 17 tight ends. Yep. Number one, Jawan Johnson. Eight catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Two, I had him in my team, almost got me the chip. Isaiah Likely, <laughs> two catches, two touchdowns, 42 yards. Number three, David Njoku, has been playing out of his mind, 134 yards and a fumble. Dallas Goddard, 47 yards on five catches with a touchdown. And then your tight end one for fantasy this year, the rookie, Sam Laporta. Rookie of the year? Offensive rookie of the year? Uh, CJ Stroud. They'll probably give it yeah, to Puka. I think. They'll probably give it to Puka because he has more catches. Or Stroud. Puka, uh, everyone's getting benched for the Rams other than Puka. He can break the rookie he will. receiving yards But record. Laporta is your tight end one for fantasy. Yeah, that's to say. This year, Josh, uh, as we look inside the stats, this is a, I think, a crazy year. Not so much for, like, quarterback numbers rushing and all, but we've had a lot of good receivers, a lot of strong defensive play. Let's look inside the stats. Yep. I'm just going to briefly go down. 
the list, of course, but your passing yard leader, I don't think anyone can catch up to him, mainly because I think Brock Purdy is going to be sat. But Tua, 44-51, Brock Purdy, 42-80, 42-55 for Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, 42-37, and Pat Mahomes, 4,183. Uh, there might not be another quarterback other than Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield to jump into that 4,000 for this year. But the passing touchdown leader, Dak Prescott with 32, Brock Purdy 31, Jordan Love 30, Jared Goff 28, Baker 28, Tua 28 as well. Uh, and then you look at your running backs, you have Christian McCaffrey. He's not going to be playing this week, but he has 1,459 yards. No chance of catching him, but Kyron Williams 11, 44, James Cook 1086, DeAndre Swift 1049, Derrick Henry 1014. Your rushing touchdown leader Raheem Mostert, he's had it for a while, hasn't he's been hurt, but 18 rushing touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey 14, Gus Edwards 13, Dave Montgomery 12, Kyron Williams 12 as well. Your receiving yard leader right now is Tyree Kill, 1717. I don't know if he's playing this week, but CeeDee Lamb can catch him. He has 1651. AJ Brown 1447. Puka Nakua, 1445. I think he's right there at the rookie receiving yard record. And then you have Amonra, 1371. You're receiving touchdown leader Mike Evans with 13. Tyree Kill, 12. Cortland Sutton, 10. CeeDee Lamb, 10. Amonra and Jordan Addison with 9 as well. Your your defensive leader, Zaire Franklin, 170 tackles, has Mm. 10 a game right now. Mm. Well, more than that technically because of the bye week, but... Mm. He's still averaging just above that. Bobby Wagner, 168. Foyer Aluakin, 166. Alex Singleton, 164. And Roquan, I don't think he's playing, but 158. Your sack leaders, TJ Watt, Trey Hendrickson, 17. Josh Allen, 16.5. Khalil Mack, 16. Daniil Hunter, 15.5. And the interception never changes. But Deron Bland, 8. Geno Stone, 7. Jesse Bates, 6. Rasul Douglas, last couple of weeks, has caught up to 5. Traverius were with five, and then several other guys under that with five and four. But Crazy. That is an awful lot of sacks, y'all. And is it true that uh, T.J. Watt has led the league in sacks, not this year, but three years out of the last four because he was injured one? He was injured last year, and I think he, he did lead the league in sacks. I think I think one year was Aaron Donald, but outside of that, it's been it's been T.J. Watt, yeah. Heck of a four-year run. I think it's if he can stay healthy, that is. Yeah. All right, let's wrap up by talking about our locks and our uh, upsets, guys. Oh, man. I hate this time of year. It's it's really uh, kind of hard to pick these things. I don't want to lock in the obvious double-digit favors because that would be boring for our listeners to get on board with. Um, Wow. What do you got, Caleb? I will lock in the Chiefs without Mahomes or Kelsey or Pacheco against hmm. the Chargers. Are they benching them all? They said they're benching Mahomes and some starters with quotations. So Chargers are favorite, and you're picking the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't care about that. They're basically backup versus backup. That's so. your lock and your upset. It's the double whammy. That's not my upset. Oh, you still got an upset. Yeah. So that's your lock and upset. Yeah, like okay. last week. <laughs> Josh, what do you got for me? You don't have one. I know. You're looking down the page. Me too. I'm, I'm stalling because I'm torn between a bunch. Mm. Um, Do you want I, to pick the mean thirteen point line no, for the Cowboys? No, 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 no. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna lock in Houston to beat Indianapolis. Wow. I like Indianapolis better than Houston, but yep. I like that Houston's playing better football. So I was just torn between a bunch of these point fives and and you know yeah yeah. What do you got, Josh? I'm gonna pick the Packers over the Chicago Bears. Uh, you look at this team, 
Packers are better in every way, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, you can argue the talent of the quarterbacks. I don't care. You can Obviously, there's more rushing yards per game for the Bears with Justin Fields. Uh, they're just now getting Roshan Johnson going. But in terms of points per game on offense and less points on defense, the Packers do that better. And uh, they're getting some guys back as well. So I'm going to pick the Packers. At How home. Is, at home. At home. How are Cincinnati favored over Cleveland? Good question. If that's the case, Cleveland's my upset. Oh, well, Cleveland, they benched Joe Flacco. They're probably going to bench Amari Cooper and Jerome Ford and defensive well, starters. All those guys are hurt. So Yeah, well, it, it is the starting Bengals versus backup Browns. They, I guess the line changed oh. because they didn't announce that today. Well, same with Steelers. They're favored by three and a half, which tells me Baltimore is Baltimore benched. benched. Yes. Mm, then that's my lock. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, man. I think of the teams that are playing, like Houston has to play. We should only pick locks and, and upsets from teams that have to show up. Yeah. Okay. Well, for me, these guys, there's no problem here. It's the, I'm picking the Jets over the Patriots. Yeah. Josh Allen did nothing, and they, they barely beat the Patriots. I don't believe in the offense of the Patriots right now. Mm-hmm. I believe the Jets are very much so the team that would – want to win this game for whatever reason, get a worse pick. But the Patriots are in a situation to finally lose and get a better quarterback. So I think they're not going to be as motivated. I'm going to take the Jets. Yeah. Right. Gosh. My upset. I'm trying to find teams <laughs> that like – um. yeah. You're thinking too hard. I know I am. All right, my upset. You ready for it? Yeah. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. Are you sure? We're all ready for it. All right, I'm going to pick the Giants over the Eagles to make my sixth loss for the Eagles. <laughs> yes. Um, the Giants will win this game. They were a point away from beating the Rams, and they literally whiffed it with missed kicks and a terrible dump off to Saquon to win the game. Um, yeah, the Eagles have been playing bad. Are they benching starters? Do we know? I don't the think Eagles? They, they can't afford to, right? No, they cannot. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be spicy. See yeah. if I'm right. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I guess it depends if the Eagles want to concede the division or not, but it Let's should be I'm spicy. Right. Um, I guess we'll close our episode with this. Last question. Buffalo and Miami are facing off. Um, Buffalo's three-and-a-half-point favorites in Miami. We've already said that Buffalo's changed offense coordinators. Fans think they're better. We statistically know they're not. Uh, and Miami is hurt big time. But they got to go all in because, you know, they're in the playoffs either way. Maybe Miami doesn't go in, but they don't want to lose that division. Who wins this football game? Miami. You still got Miami. Mm-hmm. You think Tua just deep dives? Puts the cape on. Wow. Josh? I'm going to take the Dolphins as well. Wow. I, it's, I think it's worth mentioning that Tua is more efficient, has way more yards, <laughs> yeah. more touchdowns, less picks. They're a more explosive offense. As I said, Josh Allen, one passing touchdown, Three of the last four games, zero in one of those. I know the Dolphins are hurt, but there's a chance that Tyreek can play through this. Jalen Waddle's more than likely back. Raheem Mostert maybe could have played last maybe week. Maybe could have. Certainly a better chance this week. Uh, obviously, their pass rush is going to be obliterated with the I think, unfortunate injuries to those guys. But I think I believe in a bounce back from the Dolphins. And their defensive MVP should be Van Ginkle this year. He's filled yeah. in. Yeah, Watch He's really knocks. filled in linebacker and defensive end, yeah. and then – Jalen Phillips went down. He started an edge rush the whole year. Now he's 100% starting no matter what. Cause, Maybe you know, that's your comeback player of the year. Van Ginkle? He's not a comeback <laughs> no, player I, of the year. I know. I was they, making fun he could of be him. the most improved player of the year. Yeah. He's been playing yeah. out of his mind. And to build off of that, I know they don't have their starters, but yeah. you have these flashes. Like Ogba came in the game that Jalen Phillips got hurt, and he was very good. I know he's not consistently good, but you have Van Ginkle as well playing off the edge and inside. 
they both can just splash and be fantastic. So they're going to need that from them in this game, but obviously consistently can't bet on that. But I, I would believe in the Dolphins for that reason. Yeah, I'm believing. It should. Uh, this is the thing, man. It's it's the last week. It's a division week. It's tough. The lines are all tight. Only a handful of games matter, but hey, it's still NFL football, and a bad week of NFL football is better than no NFL football. So that is it for this episode 99. Uh, come see us next week. We have a special kind of celebrating. We've done 99 episodes, so that milestone is next week, and we would love to have you as we wrap up our uh, recap of the final week of the season and begin to start talking about playoff football. See you then. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please tell a friend and help us spread the word. We've set up our online shop at guyswithouthelmets.com where you can get your own Guys Without Helmet gear. We also post a weekly video on YouTube, so please stop by and give us a like and subscribe to our channel. Finally, if you want up-to-date information and news as it breaks, please follow us on Instagram. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Guys Without Helmets.